0: what's up friends welcome back to another episode of nft 365 and as we you know kind of go through this journey some of the the you know interesting aspects of this and i'm sure most of you sitting at uh you know at home or you're on the treadmill wherever you may be listening to this uh podcast you know it's funny when you start to to realize the power of nfts or uh, you, you have that first like aha moment, either as a collector or as an investor or maybe a friend, you know, tells you a story that you kind of see the light. One of the things that, you know, exist as well, we all know that we come become a little bit obsessed uh, with this space and what are the possibilities. Right. And, you know, it's why one of the episodes I did a while back, you know, with like I think it was 42 uh, use cases for NFTs that nobody's talking about. You know, kind of, I believe is 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 part of like just scratching the surface, right? Because we haven't even really thought about many of the use cases for NFTs that are probably going to be the things that uh change the everyday world. And what is interesting about that is when you're on that journey, right, and you have that aha moment, part of the the thing that is so surprising, and you don't usually realize this until you have that aha moment, is how the media, uh, or even how the public, uh, you know, decide to portray NFTs or even crypto, but I'll throw NFTs in there, uh, the most. And, you know, one of the stories that came out recent, recently, uh, you know, is the Seth Green. And for those, you know, Seth Green as an actor, uh, been acting in movies for as long as I can remember, and apparently, you know, he had bought a board ape and was actually creating a sitcom. Uh, you know that, and I've seen the preview of it. It's actually a really cool video, uh, including many of his NFTs, including the main character being using his board ape. Now, um, his board ape was actually stolen from him in a phishing, uh, you know, uh, attack where someone was actually able to extract that, uh, you know, board ape from his wallet, and of course. You know, the other part of this that is interesting, you know, they they extracted it, they sold it on the secondary market, and then, of course, somebody innocently bought it, and now there's, like, kind of that weird spot. And, of course, they had to stop production of the sitcom because he technically does no longer owns the IP rights to that bored ape. And when I heard that, I was like, man, that is... That is crazy. I was like, but how cool is it that Seth Green was creating a whole TV show? And then I once I got to see the the TV show, you know, the, the pilot that it had been shared online, you know, it was really cool. It used a lot of other NFT projects as well. It had a cool cat in it, a couple other NFTs, and I was like, man, I mean, how interesting is it that, you know, the part that sucks is that, you know, the board ape was stolen, but we ultimately get an inside view at, at, at this really great use case for NFTs. But then I looked at what was covered and how people talked about it on, you know, Fox News, CNN, even like Vox and New York Times. And it was all mocking and 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 really just talking about, you know, how crazy is this that, you know, Seth Green um was playing around and he got his, you know, his ape stolen that was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. And there was really no narrative around the idea that he was using these like JPEGs to make a TV show and to animate a TV show with intellectual property that he bought using crypto, right? And I, and I, it's just so interesting to me how that kind of is portrayed. And then the other part of this is also because there's so many different use cases and different you know avenues for NFTs, a lot of the narrative can get lost on people. And one of the narratives that I think is too often kind of portrayed or talked about, and is really the narrative where people kind of just go oh well, that's not really for me is the collectible space and and you might have noticed uh, you know here on the podcast I haven't talked a lot about the collectible space as a whole right and I will say it's not a knock on the the collectible space I actually hold many of uh, of the you know the ones that are um, you know are in that space right that are part of kind more of a collectible uh, journey right I own you know top shots I own um, draft Kings. I own Vivo, right? I own V or Vivi. Oh, sorry, I said Vivo, uh, Vivi, uh, which is, you know, I think one of the ones I think is often referred to and in a lot of circles that I, uh, run in, I can tell you the VV uh, use case, which has a lot of, uh, you know, your Disney, a lot of your, um, you know, I would just say animated, uh, you know, especially like comic book side, even star Wars, uh, you know, a lot of that, you know, DC comics, Marvel, you know, have rolled out NFT collectibles within the VV app, right? And I actually believe I was one of, you know, I actually I think I got bumped off of the of the white the wait list of V because a friend had bought so much on V at the time. And I remember jumping on there and I and they had um the DC comic they had or they had a super super girl series And so I ended up going on there and buying one of each of the Supergirl series. And then I realized there was different rarity levels. So I went and bought like another Supergirl um, rare one that was on Vivi. But then I realized like there are some nuances there, right? They have some limitations within the platform. But I also think there are people that are extremely passionate and love that collectible space, right? But for me, this is also where that like art collection versus you know, the, the you know, collecting collectibles section. And then there's this NFT space where it's unlocking, you know, community and utility. And and we minted just yesterday as part of our uh, Mint 365, we minted a one-of-one one piece that I really just uh, loved. Uh, it's a jellyfish piece, which I'll talk about in a couple episodes. But I love minting like one-of-one one pieces um, within our, our our Mint 365. But I will tell you, for me, when I look at, you know, we have the PFPs, right? We have the music NFTs, we have that are like really the utility driven uh you know NFTs, which would be like proof collective or CPG uh or Alpha Collective, right? Those are all more of like, hey, this is a, this is your pass or your ticket, you know, into something that's gated on the back end. Uh, and then some that are a combination, right? We have uh the you know the the coalition collective, which is a cheetah PFP project that also has kind of the the you know back end uh um, access, you know, into a community or into a private, uh, you know, membership site. But what I found really interesting is that the use cases are really exciting. When you are at the point of thinking about it as a creator of NFTs, right? And I talked about this last episode, right? Some of us are builders, we're building some really amazing things in this space. Some of us are, are creators, right? Where we're creating different experiences, community, different um, you know, art, different, you know, um education, music, all of those different pieces that are in there. But I will tell you, for me, what I've found is that when we mix in kind of like the art collection. And the collectible space, right? And I have, you know, I collect Wheaties boxes. I collect baseball cards. Uh, I actually collect a lot of things probably that uh, I haven't even uh, talked about here on the podcast. But the thing that I found was that when we blur all of it together, even including music NFTs, what what it becomes is like, oh, well, I'm not a collector or I'm not, you know, and and it's so interesting because for me, it's fun letting people in to understand some of the nuances, right? Like one of the use cases I love to use is like, I would never have thought I'd be able to play a Timberland song on my podcast with the official rights to that song. But because I own the Apen Productions NFT, I can do that here on the podcast because I own the ability to play that song within my podcast compared to, you know, uh, if I didn't own the NFT, then of course I wouldn't be able to have the you know, rights to own that song. It would be taken down from YouTube um, and those places as well. You know the other part of this is when we talk about these kind of use cases. We also talk about you know the value you know kind of going up and the supply and demand conversation. But it's funny because the VV conversation, right? The the traditional collector conversation, or even like the you know baseball card Top Shot collection, um, you know part of this whole equation a lot of that really requires like mass adoption, right? Like I will tell you, I bought those Supergirl ones on Vivi uh, for my daughters and I haven't even logged, I went to log in the app today and I was like, oh my gosh, it logged me out. I haven't been logged in, you know, in a couple months probably. Um, and for me, part of the reason was, is like, I knew that I was buying that and like hopefully 10 years from now, um, I'll be able to, you know, sell that for my with my daughters for, you know, to give them something when they turn 18 or whatever it may be that is completely different than I'm buying some of the NFTs that we're buying on a daily basis. And it doesn't have to be just PFP projects. And, and, you know, for those, you know, PFP really stands for profile photo, but I really think it, it actually does also a disservice when we label a project, a PFP project, when it just happens to have art that you can use as a profile photo, but it also is built in utility way beyond that. Right. And and I think this is where we are moving towards a a new kind of era where we are going to kind of have to redefine the different levels of projects and it's not going to be in my personal opinion the actual the the, the category isn't going to be by like actual type I believe actually the category is actually going to be by the like the amount of action the amount of uh of Uh, really the amount of value and where where that value is actually stored right because in some of these projects the value is stored and people really love the art and they also like access to the community but there's also projects that people love the community they kind of love the art but they use the art as a signaling as their profile photo because let's face it they want to they are very proud of that community they belong to There are others that they are, you know, there, and this is one of my favorite things that, you know, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this. One of our upcoming guests, which I'm not going to spoil our upcoming guest. but um, I was talking to her uh, recently and she was telling me like her favorite NFT projects that have given her the most value as far as community and networking and people and even, you know, business recommendations and, and even hired her for some of their events is a project that she's actually never worn the PFP for. And it's not because she doesn't like love the art, but it's because like for her, like what that represents is there's a little bit of exclusivity around it. And so for her, Hey, she understands like supply and demand, but she also loves that the community isn't really focused on either shrinking the supply or increasing the demand. They're just really focused on what they can build underneath the covers. And, there are some projects that I believe are kind of reshaping the way we look at this landscape. But we also have to recognize for those people that are either degens, right, that are are in it, that those, you know, flipping and, and, and jumping on trends. But then you have projects like the goblins uh goblins WTF right which I you know I believe started off with like you know not only is it a free mint but it had like kind of like that cult like following that turned into much more and maybe it was it was strategic you know strategy to begin with that they were building it this way the whole time but I would argue like right now there are, are a couple of different ways that projects are coming to life right and during this current down market I think it's you know it's even you know more surprising to see um some of the success but also some of the the projects that are are standing the test of time right and i will tell you for me as i as a nft you know project creator as an nft collector as an investor but also as a you know degen myself one of the things that i found is that it's sometimes hard to distinguish between the the different you know types of projects other than the ones that are more of like collectibles, like, hey, there are only a certain amount of these and people love this because this character existed before Web3. And so I guess to me, that's also a big part of this. And then the last thing is, like, I don't think we've really tapped into intellectual property the way that we probably should, including myself. You know, someone mentioned to me the other day, like, Brian, why have you not integrated some of your favorite NFTs into your podcast art, into your uh, you know your banner or your website because you own the you know the IP properties for for many of these collections. Many of them are in your vault wallet, and you have no plans on selling them anytime soon. Technically, you should be leveraging that that brand, that recognition. And I was like, you know what, you're right. There is that component there. The other part of that that I think is interesting as far as IP rights is that we are also be going to be moving towards this idea of how how fluid are contracts and how fluid is utility in this space. And I believe, you know, if we look back at some of the projects that people are, that love today, I wish we could go back. Like, this is something I wish we could do. I wish we could take, like, not the top 10 projects, but we could take, let's say, projects 40 to 50 um, on the list of, like, most volume-traded. And we, if we could go back and look about what were what was their marketing, what was their utility when they first dropped, what was their roadmap when it first dropped, what was like kind of their target demographic, who were they targeting um, as a um, as an audience to actually collect, you know, to hold this NFT, and then look at how that has kind of you know emerged over you know since they launched to where we're at today, because one of the other things that I find interesting is that you know most of you know that we can you can watch others' wallets, so there are some. Let's, there's some whales, there's some influencers. There's some people that I really disagree with their their strategy or philosophy in this NFT space. But I have all of them in a, you know a couple of different tools that I can see what they're minting, see what they're buying, see what they're transferring. I know people do that with my wallet. I get messages about it all the time. But what I find interesting is like, when I see a project and I'm like, oh man, this project, I love this part of the utility. One of the things that I do to validate my or to confirm my concept of this utility is I'm like, ooh, if these three influencers that maybe disagree with me on like strategy and views... If they are, have minted this project or if they're involved in this project, maybe I got it wrong. But if they're not involved, if they're not buying it, um, then, then I got it right. And it's funny because today, uh, while we're recording this, you know, Bulls and Apes, uh, which is what the project, you know, the episode back on 162, uh, it has the refundable six month guarantee money back guarantee um, in the project. Uh, we had Anthony on the podcast back on episode 162. Well, they're minting today. And it's funny because I've been monitoring that mint, seeing who the whales are, who, who has the most in their wallet, who has the fewest in their wallet, um, who are some of the, you know, in, in the people's wallets that I'm watching, how many of them are, are minting this project? And it's really interesting because I suspected there was, there was five people's wallets that I watch that my suspicion was earlier today was I bet you none of these five people mint bulls and apes. Because what Bulls and Apes is building is not like what they like to tote to their community and and they they just hey they, they are making money, they're doing things their own way. I just completely disagree with their philosophy and you know the founders are doxed they are you know um, fully funded you know they are you know have VC experience they' also worked uh, collaboration with some other projects and when I was confirmed that those five people that I didn't think were going to be involved, as of recording of this podcast, they have not minted um, one of these uh, of this uh, NFT. I was like, yep, makes sense, right? The, 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 the utility, the way they built the community, uh, the people they have involved, right? And, and I will tell you, keep an eye on this. There are people that are going to win awards at NFT NYC. There are people going to be on stage at NFT NYC coming up next month that I will mark my words that will probably not be on a stage again in the NFT space because where they've been riding, the way they've been playing this game, they are very quickly going to be exposed, right? There are some people like, I mean, this is, you know, do your own damn research. I think we also have to look at our bag and research now, right? Because there are some projects that, you know, once I held them, I was able to learn more information about the founder, about that founder's past. Even talk to some of the people that have been clients of that founder, and and realize how many of them were so distraught and upset, and many of them have lawsuits and filed with a Better Business Bureau. And I was like, oh my goodness, like I didn't I didn't know all of that ahead of time, but now that I know that, I want to I'm going to be able to you know I want to, I don't want to have those NFTs in my wallet because let's face it, eventually the true colors of these people uh, kind of come to life, right and and the interesting part about that whole, you know, this that whole scenario is that, you know, we also have to really look at, you know, the the landscape of those that we've put up on a pedestal, right? And a lot of these people got a pedestal because they were in early, they had the right profile photo. A lot of them maintained it because they were onboarding a lot of big names like a Snoop Dogg or Time Magazine or a lot of these big brands, Adidas. But let's face it. As they get more exposed, as their true colors start to shine, their true tendencies start to you know, um, to you know appear, right? And they're going to be ones that are like, "Hey, eyes forward! Don't pay attention to my past. Only look at the the future and what I'm uh, what I'm doing next. And here's the next you know project. And here's all of my you know look at my bag." But I believe the beauty of this whole space is that we we as a community, as an NFT space. We are evolving on what we stand for, who we support, what we what we uh, belong to. And I will tell you, even for me, you know, there's a couple of people that originally I had on my radar to be on this podcast as guests that if they asked to be a guest today, I would say no. But when I started the podcast six months ago, I I was like, wow, okay, I'm impressed. I, I would love to have them as a guest in the future. And now, as I've learned about who they are, what they stand for, what they represent, right, and and that's going to happen, right? There are projects that I minted that are part of our collection that I wish, if I could go back and know what I know now, I would not have minted them part of our collection. But that's part of this space, and that's really why Mint three sixty five is a time capsule um, of this entire journey of uh, of NFTs. And then the the last thing I just want to put out there as well is that. You know, the other part about this space is you have to recognize that, you know, with the ups and downs, people are going to come, people are going to go. I know some of you probably that listen to this podcast loyal, loyal, you know, every single day for maybe the first three months. But then you got kind of burnt out, or maybe you had a bad experience, or maybe other things kind of took over, and now you're getting getting back in and, and you're you're hopefully trying to catch up on some of the podcast episodes. Uh, you know I know others that were like, "Hey, I was in early, uh, and I got this message from a friend today, actually. Um, he said, "Hey, Brian, you know, I minted a bunch of NFTs back in June, July, august, uh, September, but then I, I really didn't you know I didn't like what it was. It was, you know, for him, it was putting him into a a mindset around the financial part that he just wasn't comfortable in. And he's like, you know what, Brian, I didn't even like jump, even open my MetaMask again until a couple of weeks ago. And he actually now is, you know, a Mint 365 holder. He holds one of our NFTs, which, you know, are sold out at the moment. We do have ones that are available on secondary. Um, But what I found was interesting was that, you know, he was like, Brian, well, now I'm jumping into your podcast and it's allowing me to kind of... Learn things as I go. And I, and I will tell you, that's part of the beauty of what we've been doing here, right? I will tell you, I've been very strategic with the topics, with the, even the, the way that I title these podcasts. It's not for short-term SEO. Rather, it's for long-term value and people that are able to go back. I, I will guarantee you, if you, were, if you started this podcast and you were listening to it as a collector or an investor or someone that's just getting interested, you're going to listen through with that in, in your mind, well, all of a sudden, you want to launch your own project. One of the things that you're going to do is going to go back to past episodes, and you're going to dive into, okay, this episode now, I want to listen to it as a creator of a project rather than listening to it as a collector of a project. And to me, that's all very strategic in how we've been creating this content. You know, it's not my first radio. I started creating content that I was getting paid for back in 2013, right? 2014, I went all in on my personal brand after I realized I could make money, you know, creating content. You know, as a as a full-time speaker, but you know, this is an interesting space. And so with all of that being said, I think the beauty of this is that, yes, there's the collector space and there's no I I I don't believe we should be shaming any spaces. But I think we also should be recognized, you know, how the media portrays Seth the Green, how others portray collectors on VV or Top Shots, versus how some laugh at the PFP projects. Versus some musicians that, that don't understand why people would buy a music NFT when they could just stream their music on Spotify, right? And for me, this all goes back to one word again, right? One word as that key fundamental that it doesn't include the, the collector space, but it pretty much col- includes almost every other NFT space. And that word is access, People, we are craving access to people, access to places, access to experiences, access to, you know, behind the scenes, and ultimately access to stories, stories that resonate with us, stories that inspire us, stories that motivate us. And to me, that's one of the most exciting aspects of where we are in this journey. But of course, we here on the podcast still have a long way to go. But we as an NFT community, I would argue, we still have a year plus. That we are going to be able to, we are going to be sitting here, and I'm going to be saying these same things, but then as we start to get a momentum shift where we are no longer rewarding people just because they were early, or just because they got their art out, or just because they're a bully and and they they shame people that are selling or that are removing from their community, once we kind of. We, we make it known that that type of behavior is no longer acceptable and we start empowering different voices women and minorities and LGBTQ plus like once we start empowering a lot of these you know amazing humans that are amazing creators in this space that are already doing great things let's be real clear a lot of these things are already being are happening in this space. They just haven't reached the spot where people are putting a value on them. And that's why I hope my pledge is that a lot of these projects keep on keeping on. And a couple of the projects I just saw recently scheduled some Twitter spaces. And it, it made me smile because a couple of these projects that I love dearly, they've been a little bit dormant for the last couple of weeks, maybe in a couple of months. But I, I've been hoping that they stick around because I believe we are, are right now shaping the next phase of NFTs and i believe the next 3 to 6 months is going to be probably the most exciting and most innovative time in this nft space since i've been involved in it so uh, I hope you agree with me. I hope you um, enjoy this episode as we close out the month of May and we enter into my favorite month, month of June. You know, As always, every one of our, uh, our podcasts, we, we put the video up on YouTube. We have the blog post up on our website, uh, nft365podcast.com. You can reach out to us on social. You can reach out to me, I, social fans with a Z. It's iSocial, F-A-N-Z. I'm on every social platform, extremely active in all of them. We'd love to hear from you. love to hear your comments. Your thoughts on all of the podcasts uh, and anything that we can do, maybe maybe even suggestions for future episodes. Feel free to shoot me a message there. I'm always open uh, to getting creative and using some of your feedback. But until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. this show is not.